0: Welcome to Behind the Boxes with Mick Floyd, Molly Haynes and Jason Adams.
1: Hello and welcome to the second edition of Behind the Boxes, your weekly podcast on all the big races happening at Sandown Park. It's going to be a big show too. The biggest show we've had, uh, it's my name's Mick Floyd and I'm delighted again to be joined by Jason Adams. Jason, I just promise this is going to be the biggest show yet. Are we up for the challenge?
0: I think we are. We'll be right. We'll knock this one out of the park and why wouldn't we? Because it's an exceptional night of racing. Not only did we uh, get over what was what was a, a brilliant night to remember last week with, of course, Black Opium getting through and, and winning the
1: Sapphire Crown. But Sandian and Taras and Dawson final, it's going to be a beauty again this week. Uh, certainly looking forward to it. We said it was going to be the biggest night of racing of the year last week and uh, it took us a whole week to top it. But we're uh, also joined by, by the Queen of the Super Kennel, Molly Haynes, who's uh, been very quick to remind us all just how well her team performed in that first week. Hello, Molly.
2: Hello, yes, I have had a myotherapy appointment just to adjust my shoulders because it's, it's been hard work carrying such a heavy virtual wow. as, um I had to throw it in there. I couldn't help myself.
1: And I'm sure the RSI from uh, sending all those texts to remind us of the factors, uh, you know, probably need to get that checked out as well. But Before, so before we get into the Super Kennel, let's have a look back at uh, the great racing last week, particularly Black Opiums win in the Sapphire Crown. A fantastic performance there by Black Opium. And Molly, if there was a greyhound that deserved to win at the top level, she was
2: certainly the one. Absolutely. She was a, a greyhound that we spoke about last week who had been so close on so many occasions. She'd won half a million, you know, nearly half a million dollars in prize money. She was, I think I could be, I, I know I'm right in saying this, I may just say it wrong, but I know, you, Nick, you'll correct me. I think she was the greyhound with the highest Without winning a group race, she had the highest <laughs> amount of prize money. Am I right?
1: That's correct. She was.
2: <laughs> no, it, it it truly was so good, so good to see see her do so well. And I think the way she did it too, she didn't just jump and leave. She had to actually work from the position where she got herself in. So I think she she deserved it. She earned it. And I think that it it just was the cherry on top for the Bocellis and the Thompsons. And I I kind of felt a little bit of FOMO not being on track and being a part of it. I feel like I'm. I'm so lucky in, in some instances to to kind of be able to watch from the sidelines when things like that happen. But there was that degree of separation when it came to experiencing the whole um, winning of the Sapphire Crown from from the Thompsons' point of view. But it was it was still good to feel like um, she was able to you know really fill my virtual purse up because it, although it wasn't just about the money, I was extremely happy she won. But I was also extremely happy I, I managed to get on top with that with the double points for our kennel.
1: No, it was a, a fantastic run and So uh, we spoke to Shona afterwards, she said it almost went to script but uh, it was a kennel mate who almost th- was a fly in the ointment there, uh, Aston Silk of course beginning brilliantly while Black Opium, as Molly said, had to work a little bit hard uh, after just missing it a fraction at box rise.
0: And even down the back straight, I was kind of, sort of thought to myself, she might not, not be able to get here because Aston Silk when she's out in front, she, not that she runs scorching times but Black Opium had some ground to make up and as Molly said, it was awesome to see a different side of her and, and see her win from behind and when it mattered most in, in a Group 1 Sapphire crown. And to pick up her first group win of her career was, was certainly outstanding. And you mentioned Shona and also Bill Bacilli and, and
1: Serge and the, the whole Thompson team. They're all over the moon and, and understandably it was a top win. A couple of nice performances down the track as well. Aragami Angel finish off nicely for third place and Tula Bale does look ready to step up in distance and she will on Thursday night. It was a fantastic edition of the Sapphire Crown for the leading females in the country. And this week it's time for the boys, the Harrison Dawson. It has become an absolute highlight of our racing calendar. Since it became a Group 1 in 2015, it's been won by some of the true greats of the modern era and, uh, Molly, this week's edition does look befitting of a race of this stature.
2: Absolutely. It's a, it's a race that is is almost between three dogs but at the same time it's a race that has the opportunity to go in any direction, you know, with the, with the addition of the box draw. I think Simon told Helen is the out-and-out out deserved favourite heading into this race. He was... Phenomenal in his heat last week, but I really do tip my hat off to Jack's Spale. He was ridiculous in his heat win. He went faster than I thought he would, and I'm a big fan of the dog. But saying that, I think it, it's the storyline for me. I feel like this is a real, uh, it's a racy, um, it's a racy Harrison Dawson. It's, it's full of talent, but at the same time, the best story in my eyes would have to be along the lines of Tigalong Tonk, I think. It would be so fitting and so amazing if Tigalong Tonk managed to follow in Orson Allen's footsteps. No relation, but I think it's just special being trained by um, Corey and Sam Grenfell, having won the Horsham Cup and then backed up and won the Harrison Dawson with Orson Allen last year. Now this, way, this time, Tigalong Tonk, has won his Horsham Cup and he's just got the Harrison Dawson to take out to really follow in the footsteps there.
1: It was only a couple of starts back, Jace, where Tigong Tonk was all the rage. Of course, he ran some very quick times around Easter at Sandown Park, but uh, it's almost been upstaged a little bit. Box draws certainly haven't helped the cause either.
0: Certainly hasn't totally played in his favour. And you're right, I mean, there's been a couple of times really where we know the speed he can show and the times that he, that he can run, but it's just every now and then where he sort of half half misses a start. We saw it in the Mournville Cuphead and again last week. where Not that he bonded at all last week, but it was just enough in, in this level of racing to really have him on the back foot. But it's, again, it's going to take a, a massive performance and knock off Simon Soldhalen. No other greyhound racing around excites me more than Simon Helen That turn of foot is absolutely breathtaking, and it would say he'd get a, a bit of room early to, to go and do his thing in the Harrison Dawson final. And you mentioned Jack Bale, Molly, and... Career best performance last week, but I reckon you'd have to go up a notch again to win this. It's, it's going to be awfully difficult, especially if tick gets the start. So, great race, but I'm all aboard, Simon todd
1: Helen. Does look pretty hard to beat. Uh, you mentioned his acceleration. I reckon, for mine, he's probably the fastest in terms of raw a bit of raw top speed. I think Simon todd Helen is probably the fastest in the country. His middle split is absolutely amazing. But Molly Jack's Bale ran the exact same middle split as what Simon told Helen did last week. So it uh, certainly does show that Jack's Bale is a greyhound that you've been a big fan of for some time, but certainly is starting to live up some of that hype you've been pouring on the dog.
2: <laughs> absolutely. Maybe I'm just putting too much pressure on the poor little thing. But um, I think the, the hype behind Simon Told Helen is just absolutely warranted. I had the pleasure of going down and, and meeting Simon Told Helen in the flesh on the Geelong waterfront on a beautiful, picturesque day. And we took some wonderful photos with some owners of, of Simon Told Helen with, with David Burnett driving him all the way down um, to the waterfront. So it was so good to see. And, and funnily enough, I was talking to um, one of the owners, Simon, Simon, who's a, a doctor in in Geelong, and his wife Helen. Hence, the Simon told Helen, and he was saying that um, they'd kept the secret for a little while. It was a, a you know a pretty good job by by the guys. They were all patting patting themselves on the back, and then Helen. They ended up going to a wedding, and Helen wasn't understanding why she was invited, why they were invited to this wedding. And it's funny she outsmarted them. She figured it out, so it was quite funny. But it seems like she's very much on board, especially with the success. It was. It was also a little bit sad to hear they were thinking heading into the career of Simon told Helen that this would be the last of their ownership run, the Emma's Boy Syndicate. Um, Simon kind of had said that that this was the end to the storytelling of their name. So there was the Who Told Stevie and Who Told Lindy Lou and it was, you know, the evolution of the story through the names, and they kind of thought, righto. This is the time for conclusion. We're ending it here. Simon told Helen is our last hurrah, and then Simon did make sure he mentioned that there's no way they'll be getting out of it now with a a fantastic career with Simon told Helen, and I think he's going to be involved for the rest of his life because he's excited by the dog, and it's really, really good to see.
0: And before we move on, have you still ever seen a star like him? Obviously, he's very uniquely looking. He's got a big nose, a big Roman nose. Is there any stars of the past that – as sort of very different looking to the, the typical greyhound that we see from day to day.
2: I think that one one for me is, and I've I still I promised you guys last week. I think it was probably off air, but I I promised you last week that I'd find the name of one of the dogs that Linda Britton trained in in Western Australia. He was a greyhound that I knew him as Spot the dog, but I know he was in group races and I know he was over seven hundred. But I'm talking, it would have to be ten or twelve years ago. Um, and he had an accident as a, as a pup, and he had to have his um, face wired together, and he lost an eye. So he was face, his nose was a little bit wonky, if you can kind of imagine it, and I'm obviously butchering the description of this poor dog. But, yeah, he had to have his um, top jaw wired up, so that was all kind of a little bit wonky, and then he was missing an eye. So I would spot the dog was an ugly old fella, but he was um, certainly one to, to look at.
1: Oh, I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen a greyhound uh, funny looking. I've seen some unusual markings. I've seen some um, some very interesting strides on some dogs. But I thought you were instinct, going to say
2: some very interesting trainers, and I was going to say Nick. <laughs> Let's not get well, too rude here. <laughs> well,
1: we'll uh, we'll let that one through the keeper. I've told Helen. I don't think I've seen a greyhound uh, make the impact he's had on the track as quickly as a greyhound, like as quickly as he has. Uh, he's had twenty two starts now. He's lining up. Well, this is the tenth group final that he's qualified for. If you include uh, the race he was scratched from up at uh, up at Wentworth Park, for Paws the Pause of Thunder, or the Derby, or one of those great, one of those races earlier in the year, um, twenty two races to qualify for ten group, uh, twenty two career starts, and uh, having qualified for ten group races, it really is an extraordinary uh, performance so far. And already four hundred forty thousand in the bank. The dog's only just gone twenty six months of age too, so it's uh, it's an extraordinary start to a career.
0: Could be much better and in those feature races that he has won, he's, he's been so dominant and it's funny to really see how many starts he has had because you feel like he's been around for so much longer given what he's achieved and who knows what might be ahead of him on, on Thursday night. He's certainly well placed to, to go well and
2: then put his best best ball forward we also like we talk about him being around for a long time we thought the same thing about about black opium too at the start of her career we were, we felt as though she had been there and done that so many times and she was almost 10 or 15 starts into her career so it's um it's funny how it all kind of plays out when when you get to know them from a really early age they do feel like they've been around for a long time
1: well it's a $50,000 first prize on Thursday night uh, so i'm told helen has been pretty well supported the even money favorite as we record are we on board with Simon Told Helen? Is there an upset in the making? If so, who is the biggest danger for Simon Told Helen?
0: To me, if he gets a clear run, he's unbeatable. He'll burn, he'll run five flat at worst with a clear run for me. Adding 60 to the back and uh, the times he can run is going to be awfully hard to beat. It's going to take a miracle to, to knock him off if he, if he does balance up the way we know he can.
2: I'm very much on the same opinion there. My, my concern is that Leon Bale may just take a, a step to the right. I don't know whether he – I think Simon todd Helen's probably going to be out in front of Leon Bale, but I think he might just take a bit of a step to the right and if Simon todd Helen just doesn't quite get out of um, the boxes as fast as um, he needs to, then he may be in a little bit of trouble. But his class, he has returned to Sandown Park in fantastic form and I think he's only going to get better and that's the scary thing for me.
1: No, I agree yeah, definitely the one to beat uh, Tick Long I wouldn't be ruling out either uh, didn't step particularly well last week but he's usually a pretty reliable giver and he's the big danger for mine if there is an upset Vivitar from the red he's a red box bandit and Matt Lennigan after uh, citing his poor run of boxes uh, just seems to draw red box after red box now so uh, well done to Matt there uh, Vivitar is a pretty good price as well around about uh, a good each way price around about uh, $14 as we record now last week we uh, we wrapped up that first segment with a bit of a quiz and uh, let's just say that uh, our contestants here Molly and Jace didn't exactly cover themselves in glory Molly uh, guessed her way through the first few questions and uh, Jace ended up with a win but uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna have another crack at this this time. Well, we're not going to talk about the Harrison Dawson ex- uh, entirely. Uh, <laughs> let's see Molly throw her head back. She has been studying this. I did warn her that we're That's not just studying. That's
0: what I it. We had an off-air conversation yesterday and Molly was clear in saying, I'm going to do my homework here. We're ready to roll. And that was the worst thing she could have said because I know Mick would run amuck with this and he'd go completely left field. So let's roll. Let's get into it.
2: Now, just before we do, can I just read a a really quick text message from one of our very, very valuable listeners in David Burnett. Now, David Burnett sent through in the early hours of Sunday morning, just a thought. You could become, this is to me, Molly, you could become the quiz master on Behind the Boxes and put M. Floyd's knowledge to the test. So, look, (laughs) we'll just put that out there. I'm now convinced it's going to be a shocking couple of minutes for me, so we'll just enjoy it.
1: No, this will be be fine, Molly, if you can get your way through the first few uh, last week, I'm sure you can do the same here, but uh, there's a lesson to be learnt there, Um, don't preempt these quizzes, especially when I haven't written them yet, so uh, those Harrison Dawson (laughs) questions that I may have had lined up have been thrown out the window, this time the topic will be the, well I think it was one of the greatest of all time, the great Fernando Bale, test your knowledge on the great one, the flying Fernando, let's kick it off with the first question, question one, who is his sire? Catch, Kalsos fiercely He's correct. One for Jace. Well done, Molly.
2: Yeah.
1: Thought <laughs> <laughs> so we might have dropped out there for a second there, Molly. You're very quiet. Uh, question two. No, I'm Fernando still here. Fernando was the first greyhound to pass one million dollars in prize money. In which race did he achieve the feat? Catch, Jace. Five Cup. Adelaide Cup is correct. Two from two. Jace, Molly, you still there?
2: Yep, I am still here. I'm oh, alive,
1: Okay. Okay. Question three. I may you have need dropped out
2: there, actually. I think I'm dropping out, guys. I'll come back in a couple of <laughs> <minutes.
1: laughs> <laughs> Well, While well, the told holding up, Molly, question number three. You need this to stay in it. Question three. Which was the only Greyhound to defeat Fernando Bale twice?
2: Oh, Molly. Done a double
1: Molly.
0: one. No, he's incorrect. Oh. Patch. Defeat him twice in a group race or just one grey and then knocked him off
1: Defeat twice? Beat him twice in a race. Won the oh, race. it's beat a him ridiculous. You know
2: twice. what? I feel like we've had this conversation before, Mick, and that's what annoys me the most because we've <laughs> spoken about it.
1: I've given you the answer.
2: How? So you didn't say looked, the dog's name.
1: Didn't say the dog's name. Well, it was margins. I
2: did know that. God, that annoys me.
1: Question four. We could still have a tie here. Question four. How many Group 1 races did Fernando Bale win during his career? Patch. I'll go nine. Close, but no. Molly, to stay in the contest.
2: Like, do we go higher or lower? Do I get an yes, it, indication? It could or? be higher or lower, yes. <laughs> what did you say, Jase? Eight. Nine. You said Nine. I want to say 11, but I feel like that's too much. Maybe we'll go eight. Did you say group
1: ones? No, I said group ones. And yeah, eight is the correct answer. Well done, Molly. The National Derby, the Golden East Streak, the Harrison Dawson, the Peter Mosman Maturity, the National Sprint, Adelaide Cup, and the Top Gun. Do you have a favourite, Mick? Um, of those wins? Uh, yeah. His Harrison Dawson win was pretty good. Um, it was on the end of a, a pretty good period for him at Sandown Park where he's running some silly times. He broke... Broke 29 seconds just before or just after that run. It might have been the heat of Harrison Dawson. Um, the LA Cup was pretty special as well for for the reasons uh, we've already mentioned, passing the million dollar Yeah, on. maturity for mine, that was, that was outstanding. It was. All of his wins are outstanding. It's just a fantastic great hand to watch. The quiz is alive. We're down to the final question. Molly needs this to tie. I've got a tiebreaker. So, Jay, I'm cheering you are on here. Uh, Fernando <laughs> Bale commenced stud duties in 2016. As of Sunday just gone, to the nearest million, how much prize money has his progeny earned? And I'll give that you the nearest a stupid opinion.
2: question. That nearest a stupid opinion. question,
1: Nick. eight. Eight million? No, no, much higher.
2: It would oh. be much higher because there's litters that have won over a man from him.
1: Correct. Um, Thirty. We already had a crack,
2: you can't have two to oh, okay. get <laughs> thirty I'm gonna steal your pick.
1: I'm just giving clues for Molly. That's a pretty good clue too thirty two million as of sunday thirty two million sixty one thousand nine hundred and twenty five dollars one so uh well, it's a tie i um I haven't got a tiebreaker.
2: um I feel like uh
1: and we're not doing no roll of the dice, Molly, after last week. <laughs> no, that was a great <laughs> stitch-up. In fact, we'll have a, we'll have a tiebreaker. The uh, Harrison Dawson, who holds the race record?
2: Can we stop with the Sandown-centric questions? Because Jace has had a little bit of a fair advantage. <laughs> I think this is a walk up
1: start, the answer. Fernando Bale. is correct. Molly, it was just a, it was placed on a tee for you.
2: <laughs> oh, no. I know. I apologise. Congratulations, well done, Jace, again.
1: Two from two, Patch. Uh, Molly, a bit of homework to be done next week. And, uh, yeah, no, I'll make other questions anyway. So, uh, yeah, and talking about here. soft
0: shoulders from the super kennel, my
1: shoulders are cooked in terms of the
2: quiz. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the super kennel holds more weight, but I don't know. Just so.
1: Well, speaking of super kennel, uh, we'll give you an update straight after this break. We'll be back with Behind the Boxes shortly. We're back on Behind the Boxes and it's time for our Super Kennel update or as I like to call it, one of the great stitch-ups of all time after Molly rolled the magic dice that we still haven't seen and uh, landed that first pick. But credit to her, she did get the pick absolutely right. Black Opium was the number one pick and, of course, winning the uh, Sapphire Crown last week, picking up 50000 Molly's made her the captain as well. Her week one total prize money earned $100,000 and some change. Jace, second, a little unlucky with a couple of runners there at 20,000. And yours truly is not just a long way behind, but is in deep strife for this competition going forward at around about 11,000. So
2: almost in the negative.
1: Almost. Uh, fortunately, we've had a couple of minor place getters get up and uh, keeping us some uh, somewhat alive. But uh, it's need a pulse. job,
0: keeper for your runners.
1: Then. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pulse, but I wouldn't really call it being alive. But uh, we've got a couple of runners still going there. If you want to see who the te- is in these teams, make sure you check out the show notes. But uh, to keep this at least sort of competitive, we've agreed on a trade system in true super coach fashion, and uh, being last by a long way. Uh, we can trade. The rules are we've agreed that it's going to be two trades per week, and uh, whoever's last will get the first crack at it. we we'll work our way through there. So uh, obviously that's me who's last, and so my first uh, my first trade we're uh, we're dropping hard. Uh, so we're dropping good uh, Speaking to Anthony, I understand he's on the uh, he's going to be on the provincial circuit heading towards a Bendigo Cup. So we're going to drop him out, and we're going to bring in True Detective. Who has drawn very well? Dollar in, 01, I, I, would have,
0: I would have thought that was.
1: Sorry, dollar O one for you to pick up, true detective. By the way. Well, <laughs> I've got to, I've got to try and loading up in uh, SANFL Cup runners. So uh, I apologise, connections now based on previous selections. Uh, <laughs> he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders now. But true detective in for good odds for for mine. Uh, second trade, Jace Adams.
0: Okay, Eilish comes out. She went around in a semi-final, the Maiden Series on Sunday. Didn't have much luck at all. So who I'm going to go with is Last Hurrah. He jumps in box one in race number three on Thursday night, and I think he's the one to be there. So hopefully a a cool $6,400 can pop in there. So Eilish out, Last Hurrah in. Uh,
1: Very good. Really well thought out there. A little unlucky with the methodology there, Jace, but, uh, yeah, you're certainly travelling a lot better than I am. Molly, can you improve on this super team you've developed?
2: I am oh, – I've got options here, I'm not going to lie, but I'm just not sure which way to go. I'm thinking Jim's Jim in out because I think he's probably going to be heading now to a Bendigo Cup campaign and we're probably not going to see him at Sandown. Could be wrong, but that was just my thinking. And in his place, I am going to go a little bit left field and I am going to sneak in Vivitar. I'm hoping with the box draw being on his side, I don't think he'll win, but I'm even hoping that a place in the Harrison Dawson will put me in a really good position thanks to Black Opium and the rest of my runners. But I'm just thinking he may just do it for me. All I need is a place and and I'm happy with that. So, Jim Zaydashian
1: out, Vivitarian. Put you in a good position. I'd say with about an $80,000 lead, Molly, you're already in a pretty good position. Uh, Well done on Vivitar. He was probably my next pick. But um, no, the kennel's just gotten stronger. Well done, Molly. Uh, My second trade, uh, we're going to drop Hardstyle Rico. And as I said, we're going to load up and try and win this Sandown Cup because it is about the only chance I have. And we're going to put in submission into the kennel. Oh. Another one drawn, the red box, and uh, Molly's just flipping the bird for those listening in. Nice. Uh, <laughs> oh, Take this very seriously here, Molly.
2: <laughs> I am. i flunked out in the quiz, and I'm stressing because <laughs> I really think I mucked up last week by not picking Simon Todd Helen second. <laughs> and it's eating at me. It's really eating at me. Do you want
0: to that to anyone about that, uh, that call there? Do you have any advice
2: during the week? I may have had a little bit of advice from one of our lovely listeners in David Burnett. He pointed <laughs> it out, and I think unless unless Rockstar Beef goes to win and wins the Sandown Cup, and then if it's been a genius decision. Could have, should have.
1: Could have, maybe. Could have, yeah. 80,000 in front, Molly. I wouldn't be too disappointed. Uh, your second uh, pick, Jace, uh, Where which way, which way are you heading here?
0: So, Fernando's right comes out. So, obviously, not going around again this week. And I've brought in Shao Power, who steps up to a Sandown Cupheat cup heat on Thursday night. And to uh, so what we've seen from him over the past two weeks, he has been mammoth, so, I'm hoping he'll get the seven hundred meters and hopefully make it his way through to the final. We'll see what happens, and I think he's a, a genuine addition to my team. you've
1: got a pretty big, pretty big opinion of him for a little while now, too Jase.
0: Yeah, I have ever since he won the he won a restricted win final on a Thursday night, I thought it was quite fierce, and I think Dave Crawford's going to have a big year and look he hasn't just done put together a big runs in ordinary fields and been in good fields in the past two weeks so. Um, I'm confident he can, he can get the journey over 700 and, and hopefully be able to do it in good company.
1: And, of course, in the first Santa Cup hit on Thursday night, uh, Molly, uh, after flipping you the bird, you've been studying very hard there, I see. Uh, who are you going to add to your kennel this week?
2: I'm going to take Helbert Bale out and put his tears in. I'm thinking a little bit long-term. I think – I know it's on the risky side, but I, he's a track record holder at Sandown over the 700, he he can win a Sandown Cup. It's, it's certainly in his blood, and I, I just think that that's probably my best option going forward. But I do think that Jace has us covered now, Mick. Um, I'm saying that with a, a bit of confidence with Mr. Hollywood and Tiggerlong. Uh Yeah, who was it, Mr. Hollywood? Simon told Helen. Simon told Helen.
0: Yeah, so, so we were talking engagements this week. From from my team, we've got Mr. Hollywood, is. Obviously, drawn well on a sand and carpet. Simon Salt Hallen, who will remain the skipper, and Twitter is also in too. So I've got a full line up in this Thursday night.
1: Very good line up, too. Molly, who, uh, who's your captain this week? Captain this week
2: is. Captain this week is going to be Vivitar. Because I just wow. think if he places, don't don't question me, Jakes. Don't question me. No, I like the call. It's a I good just, call. I just I just think it means if he runs a place, it means I'm getting double. And I think if he was in any other box, I don't. I just don't think I would have would have contemplated it. But I think box number one, he's going to be my captain. So the pressure's on this week with old Vivitar and Matt Lanigan. I hopefully they're listening, and um, they understand the pressure they're under because I've got a pretty big. Pretty big reputation to uphold.
1: Well, it's especially after you've talked up the big game for a whole week now, Molly. So uh, no pressure at all there. Uh, my captain will be Tigalong Tonk. Uh, hopefully for my kennel's sake, he can of course, a minor upset. He is certainly a, a contender in the race, but hopefully he can get up for the kennel. Uh, apologies to Corey Grenfell and all involved in the Greyhound for uh, for having to carry the weight of expectations. But uh, look, I think he's in with a real show. So uh, it's going to be a, a fantastic final and a, a bit of interest for us there as well.
0: So Mick, with you having Tigalong Tonk as your captain, me having Simon Solt-Helen as my captain, Molly, you're having Vivitsa as your captain, all the same race, probably going to be a rough result.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're putting the mocker on him. Yeah, I'd be backing short pork, Jack's Pale, <laughs> pretty much everything yeah. else. Go wide in the quaddie.
2: <laughs> no, look, I've, I'm, I've got a good run of luck, you know, one for one. I went black opium last week, so I think maybe Vivitar might be the one.
1: We might have to uh, adjust that image for the podcast. Jace, I think you might have made Molly's head just a fraction too small. We may have to grow, blow it back up a little bit as well.
2: Jace, how many comments? I cannot tell you how many comments I've had (laughs) about how big my head is compared to yours, and all your response was. And I even reduced the size.
0: It's all par with ours.
2: I just think. it's funny because he okayed it he sent it to me first and was like are you sure yeah you're okay exactly you
0: had the chance to say, nah, no that's worries. not good
2: enough yeah no worries and then all of a sudden when it went online the messages came through about my monster head a couple of people were like what did they do to you I was like I didn't even take any notice so yeah thanks for that Jason my big head
1: no worries <laughs> we'll let Jason get uh, get editing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll let you go get editing and uh, we'll come back after this break for the final segment to look at the RSN Sand Cup piece this Thursday night. We're back for the final segment here on Behind the Boxes. We're turning for home, but before we cross the finish line, we've got a new segment to bring in. We're going to call it Would You Rather? A little hypothetical question for us to discuss. I'll kick it off, uh, Jace. Would you rather be knocked out of the first leg of the quaddy or the final leg? And I ask this because I did both on the weekend. Um, I'd rather be knocked out of the
0: final leg. Reason being, I think if you get knocked out of the first leg, you start to elsewhere to invest, and that could be bad news if you're chasing tails. So I'd rather be knocked out of the last leg.
1: Molly, now I know you're not allowed to play, uh, have a bet on the Greyhounds, but uh, if you were having a bet on the horses on the weekend, uh, in your quaddie, would you rather be knocked out in the first or last leg?
2: First, absolutely. I could not handle being knocked out in the last. My I would have already spent the money, to tell you the truth. I would have added it up. I would have done some online shopping and I would have been in a lot of debt come the final leg stitching me up. So first leg for sure.
0: And, Nick, for you, having openly had plenty of experience
1: at, at both ends, you have a preference as to <laughs> which way you bow out? <laughs> uh, yeah, got tell us, wise I- man. I, I had the Quaddy running at Flemington on Saturday with the three favourites in the last league and I had it multiplied, I had a booster, I had all sorts of things. I worked out exactly what the approximates were, I knew exactly where I was going and what was going to be spent on and sure enough was knocked out and that was incredibly frustrating, but it was a good ride up until then. Then in Cannington on Saturday Cannington Saturday night, somewhere on Saturday night I got knocked out. I might have been the meadows, in fact, uh, knocked out early in the Quaddy and that is uh probably equally frustrating, but uh, not as fun a ride. So I'd rather be in the last leg. At least you get a, a bit of a uh, bit of run for your money.
0: Okay, Molly, we'll start with you to answer this question. Would you rather own a greyhound to win 20 of 30 starts or 20 of a hundred?
2: Um, oh, that is a good one. I think I want to say 20 of 30 starts. I think... Uh, it'll just it just add to the excitement. and you know we talk about obviously, you know probably not going to be the caliber of Simon told Helen and, and black opium, but you think of you know how long they've been around for and how much excitement, but I suppose the pressure is going to build towards the end. So now I think 20 a winner of 20 of 30 starts.
1: Nick? yeah I agree 20 or 30 if uh, if you've won 20 out of 30 starts I reckon you've jaded a couple of good ones along the way as well you haven't had a chance to work back down grades so I reckon 20 out of 30 uh, you've ended up with a pretty good greyhound and have won some good races uh, as a result so yeah 20 for 30 20 out of 30 for mine.
0: Well obviously if, you, if you've won 20 or 30 as you're saying Mick, you've probably been pretty handy so from a financial point of view that's that's probably the way to go but I think from the, the long journey and the, the thrill of, the thrill of the ride, Probably rather the 20 of 100.
2: Very interesting. Now, I want to get into the breeding, right? Would you rather hold Tigalong Tonk stud or would you rather hold Simon Told Helen at stud?
0: Simon Told Helen for mine. He's got a quality that no other greyhound has. I think there probably is top- types around like, like Tigalong Tonk and they get it right, they run time, but... Simon Told Helen's
1: got that turn of foot that no other grain in the country and and possibly ever has had. Yeah, hard to argue with that one. I think Simon Told Helen has a very, very bright future at start. I'm sure there'll be enormous demand there, uh, particularly given he's such a young pup, or he's still such a young pup, and uh, his CV is extraordinary in 12 months' time. It could be anything. So uh, I'll definitely take Simon Told Helen in that one as well.
2: Well, I'm actually going to go. Tigalong Tonk because I think when you're looking along the lines um, Simon Todd Helen's out of Barshabale and with Tigalong Tonk being out of Dinah Double One, it's just going to give that another level of separation um, to the the lines in, on the female side so Tigalong Tonk for me but I completely understand where you guys are coming from there So this
0: segment that we've got here it's it seems okay I think it's gone pretty well first up but I reckon a
1: change of name. What, what do you reckon, Mick? Maybe Pub Talk? It sort of fits the bill of, of what's going on here? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, that segment worked a lot better than I thought. It was fairly seamless. I think uh, I think we can run with it, and I think Pub Talk's a pretty good name for it.
2: And considering when allowed at um, pubs necessarily at the moment, it's uh, almost like a virtual pub.
1: No, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, tell you what, another thing I'm really liking is the Sandown Cup heats. It is a fantastic series, of Sandown Cup, and you're never really sure which greyhounds will be heading that way. Uh, a lot of greyhounds are just building themselves up, uh, building themselves up, getting up to the distance, and uh, landing on four sand and cup heats of this quality is absolutely outstanding. And the market reflects that because there are plenty of greyhounds given a chance. Uh, so, uh, Mister Mr. Mr. Harleywood, I should say, has, uh, has been pretty firm in the betting all the way through. He's now at three dollar fifty after drawing the red box in his heat. Without going through each of the heats, uh, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on uh, which greyhounds you think will uh, progress, but also uh, where you'll see the most improvement from. Uh, we'll start off with you, Jase. Uh, what are your thoughts on these heats?
0: They're outstanding. And look, there's some big names in each. And the unfortunate thing is, is in some heats, you've got well, probably heat number three is a good example. You've got the likes of Hollywood, Zipping Truby, Just Terms, um, ones like that, who, and Blazing Cartier, who all deserve to go through and their group race regulars over the same trip but given the depth of the heat they're not all going to get through so we see some outstanding quality some good depth and also some youngsters coming up and as we touched on before I'm really excited to see Shell Power steps out in the first heat in, in probably the heat that's, that's not the strongest there's obviously some good quality especially from the outside draws but really keen to see how he handles a
1: step up Molly Jace mentioned there, there's some real up and comers, but there's some veteran presence in the heats as well, of course. The last two Sandown Cup winners, Tornado Tears and Rajasthan, not only competing in this series, but drawing the same heat.
2: Absolutely. I mean, you could almost not imagine it heading into this series, but we do have, like you mentioned, two of our returning champs to, into the Sandown Cup series. And it's, it's really hard. It's a really hard one for me with Tornado Tears because you know just. How good of a dog he is. He's, he's at champion status pretty much no matter what he does from now on. He's, what he's been able to do is just incredible in his career, but he's coming into a 700 meter race. I know he's a, a natural distance runner. I, I have no doubt about that. And I know his one race is off, um, you know, very, very little, um, turnaround in between, in between, um, I suppose trialling and then and racing over seven hundred and not that much preparation, but I think this is just a hard task. He's a another year older. And although he's been trialling trialling well or trialling good, I think he was within a length of his tears, I think I read somewhere along the way. I just I just find it really hard to see him Overcome what he has. I think he's an out and out champion and I just, I want him to win. I want him to win so bad, but I just think a Sandown Cup victory is probably a little bit out of his reach and I absolutely hate myself for saying that. But I do Really, really like the chances. Just speaking of that fourth heat, so Rajasthan and um, Tornado Tears heat, I think submission is a really, really good option in these stand down cup heats. I think this Greyhound's drawn perfectly, come off a really, really good run last start. And I think there's a little bit – I don't actually know. I'm just about to have a look now. Oh, $2.70 now. I was going to say there may be a little bit of value, but it could be in the all-in market with um, submission. So that's around the $12 mark.
0: And just before we move on from that final heat, the Sandown Cup has been a race that's produced a lot of back-to-back winners and we see Rudder line up and it couldn't be going into this series in any better form
1: after what we saw from him on Sunday. Yeah, it was this huge run, wasn't it? Uh, He really uh, had to work pretty hard and, down the line in really impressive fashion. He is a greyhound that can put in an, the odd funny run but uh, if that's uh, if that's a real Rajasthan, if that's a, the dog that shows up on Thursday night, he's certainly going to come in uh, to real contention, not just to win this heat but in the series, uh, to win the final next week as well. Um, he is a very very fast greyhound uh, when he's on and um, look that's it's going to be a fascinating race so I'm really looking forward to seeing some of these youngsters coming through as well of course there's been a lot of spruik and and very uh, a, a lot of market support in fact for Captain Dynamite and Zipping Truvy uh, both of them step up in their biggest uh, test of their young careers this uh, this Thursday night and uh, Jace, if you had to have one which one would you be leaning towards?
0: Obviously Zipping Truvy tried on Saturday and and she was absolutely brilliant but. Unproven over 700 metres, you'd expect her to get Captain Dynamite. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Obviously, two starts ago and and his most recent one over the debut. Who would I rather have? Um, 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 Well, I would rather have Zipping Truby. Zipping Truby? What about you?
1: Uh, I, I... I've got both in the super kennel, so I'll take either. But uh, look, Siffing Trouba, I think, has that real X factor. Uh, as you said, Captain Dynamite was outstanding on his uh, on his debut. It would be a very popular win either way, uh, should either of them get up. But I think uh, at this stage of their careers, Captain Dynamite, uh, just because you know he's going to get that 700, and if he can repeat that 41.76, I think there's a little bit of upside there with him as well. Um, look, he's a, he's a winning chance, not just in this race uh, or this series, but uh, over the next 12 months or so as well. But uh, look, it's uh, it's going to be a fantastic Fantastic series. Molly, uh, is there a blowout somewhere in these heats? Is there a, a greyhound you think that, uh, that can slip under the punter's guard?
2: Look, Mick, I, I want to come up with a really creative and interesting and intriguing answer, but I think that this Sandown Cup series is going to be a favourite series. I think there's Mr. Hollywood, he's proven over 700. He's stepped up on every single occasion. He's got box one in his heat on on Thursday night and I just – I just think it's going. I just don't think I can go any other direction but Mr. Hollywood, and I think that's where I land. I want to come up with a different answer, but and you know have a little bit more of a dive into it. But I just I can't. Everywhere I look, it leads me to Mr. Hollywood.
0: Molly, your family's got an involvement in a grant called Repercussions. I thought you might have seen him in, in these seats. Where is he at the moment?
2: Yeah, he um he uh, Jeff was a little bit worried. He came up, uh, pulled up a little bit sore in his hock, so um, Jeff has um, sent him to have some X rays. I think I know he's gone to the vet to have a check over, and I think he's um, probably going to. Oh, obviously he's going to stay rested. It would have been amazing to have him um, in. Uh, in the Sandown Cup Series. He's certainly not going to be winning. He certainly wouldn't have been winning it, but it would have just been fantastic for for the family. And I know um, a couple of years ago, Dad had a dog in the bold trees. um, Repercussions. No, it was um, ramifications. Dad names these dogs so similarly it confuses me. But he had a dog by the name of... um, ramifications old Spano so it was really special mum and dad came over mum had never actually been to such a big race meeting I think mum had been to um, you know Mandra on a Friday night um, not being heavily involved with the dogs so it was interesting you know for her to see just how amazing because it was Melbourne Cup night so it was just incredible mum's mind was absolutely blown and I think that's when she um became a fan a uh, loose loose fan of, of the Greyhound. So it's, it would have been good to, to see um, see him going around, but that's unfortunately the way the cookie crumbles and hopefully he rests up well and we see him back over 700 because um, it, he is an exciting dog to watch.
1: Of course, Molly, that is one of the great things about these big races, uh, just being part of it and competing in the heat, seeing your Greyhound compete against the best in the country. And unfortunately, we can't have people on course, but uh, there'll be plenty of people tuning in at home watching all the action from their lounge rooms.
2: Absolutely. Now, a, a group I know who are going to be at home and watching with absolute absolute intrigue is the owners of Polly's Johanna. Now, I spoke to Johnny earlier this morning and and he hardly knew what a greyhound was 18 months ago. He was doing some fencing work at Sean Casey's property in Anarchy and Sean Gently bullied him into purchasing a greyhound, and this greyhound, since they bought it, has had um, oh, it's won on five occasions, placed a couple of times, and it's just been a fantastic journey. But they have what they call poly parties. Um, every time this greyhound goes around now, because they obviously can't get to the track and watch Polly go around, they have um in their families and their houses they have um, house party parties, which they are calling. Polly parties so they're all cheering all carrying on and for the first time last week when the restrictions were lifted a bit they had a couple of people over and they were able to watch Polly on the big screen together so there was lots of cheering lots of carrying on so fingers crossed that Polly puts in a fantastic effort we know that there'll be plenty of people cheering for her on Thursday night.
0: And Mick, what sort of Zoom conference is going to be happening around the connections of Captain Dynamite? That's going to be fierce. I'm not sure that the Zoom servers will be able to handle
1: that. No. Uh, well, there's a 1,000 living on Zoom, I believe, and uh, there may be several Zoom parties going on uh, should he get through to the Sand Air Cup. They are a very, very enthusiastic group, and rightfully so. As we mentioned, he's a very exciting greyhound. and Fantastic to see the guys that have invested heavily uh, into the sport are, are starting to see some rewards as well. He's a very popular greyhound and uh, a lot of first-time owners involved in the Australian scene, so it is uh, are fantastic to see there, and look, that's one of the great things about technology. Now we can, uh, we can tune in from around the world and enjoy the great racing we were able to put on at Sandown Park each week. Of course, the group racing is the highlight on Thursday night, but Jace, uh, there is another name returning to Sandown Park on Thursday night that we're all very, very excited to see in action.
0: Are we ever? Race 8, the free for all on the card over the sprint distance, and he's a greyhound we all know extremely well, hooked on Scotch, and it is magic to see him back on a Metropolitan card, of course, for the first time at Sandown since the Melbourne Cup, and he's had one start since the, the long spell, and that was a Waterborne Cup night where we know he took a while to wind up, and he was very good, and no doubt he's had a bit of work in between, and he'd come into this one uh, fresh and, and ready to
1: rumble, so uh, awesome to see him back on the card. Uh, certainly will. It is going to be a massive night of greyhound racing on Thursday night. You can catch all the action by downloading the Watchdog app, live and free vision for all the races on Thursday night. And of course, Jace, you'll be working for Sky, giving all the latest from the track.
0: Yes, we'll be on course and and doing exactly that. Of course, Jason Lincoln up in there, up in Sydney, doing his his finest work as well in between races. And uh, yeah, we'll be having a chat before each race, and uh, it's going to be a good card. So certainly plenty, to be,
1: plenty to be excited about. And Molly, you'll be doing your thing on SEN Track?
2: I sure will. I'll be alongside Jack Heverin. We'll be covering all things stand down um, on SEN Track. So it'll be another fantastic night and I'm certainly looking forward to it.
1: Well, given you guys are doing all the work, I might just kick back and enjoy the racing on Thursday <laughs> night. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic carter racing. Really looking forward to this Harrison-Dawson final and uh, what will be a fantastic edition of the RSN Sand Cup. Thank you both for being part of the show. And uh, as I said, if you've got any sort of questions, comments or feedback, please send us through an email or send us a tweet. And that's a wrap for week two of Behind the Boxes.
0: Thanks for coming Behind the Boxes got any comments, suggestions or feedback, see
2: the show notes to get in touch.